the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God will gladly take over navigating our lives when we surrender to Him. He's standing on the outside, waiting for us to open the door of our hearts from the inside. We must let Him in and give Him complete control. As Pastor Rander continues today's message, listen closely as he focuses in on God's criteria for knowing His will and what we must willingly do to live in Him, through Him, and for Him. God must always be first in all things, and we must submit to His Lordship in all things. Remember to keep your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Holy Spirit was at work in the immaculate conception of Jesus at his birth, and throughout his ministry, the Spirit of God was at work and empowered Jesus. He was with Jesus. He anointed Jesus from birth all the way to death, the Holy Spirit was operable in the life and ministry of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20b, it says, Do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Again, the water refers to the baptism of Jesus that confirmed him as the Messiah and the Son of God. According to Matthew 3, 16 through 17, the blood refers to the humanity and death of Jesus. He had to become man to suffer, bleed, and die on the cross to procure salvation for sinners. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, you say brought near, what that means? That means before we came to Christ, we were far from God. We were estranged from God. We didn't have fellowship with God. We did not know God experientially or personally. We were far off, but the blood of Jesus, when we trust Christ and shed blood on the cross for us, the blood of Jesus brought us in the fellowship, in fellowship with Christ. It brought us in harmony with the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, the witness of God's son, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, must live in the heart of the believer to have eternal life. The witness of God's son who is the Lord Jesus Christ, must live in the heart of the believer to have eternal life. 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. You see that there? If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony uh, that God has given of his son. Now look at verse 9. Verse 9 tells us that we receive the witness from people. Uh, For example, we often accept the words of friends. We accept the reports from the news media, even though they are often biased, even though the media lie, and even though the media is often deceptive. Many accept the witness of the media with, without verification. 
And even juries uh, in the court of law believe the testimony of witnesses. Deuteronomy 19.15 says, One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. Why two or three witnesses? Because you just believe one person. If that person is lying, then, and, and everybody believe that one person find out not to be true, then it's a, it's a mess. Two or three witnesses. No one person can just say, I saw, I, 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 I. Well, who else saw it? I mean, you're the only one? How do we know you're telling the truth? Are there other witnesses to validate this? How much greater is the witness of God about his son? In these words, if people can trust the words of sinful men in the court of law, why can't we trust the words of a holy and just God? And not to trust God is to make him a liar. When one believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, he has the witness of God within him. Number four, to have the hope, to have eternal life, we must believe that salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. To have eternal life, we must believe that salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. First John 5, 11 through 13. You need to put an asterisk. Uh, underline it, highlight it. This is a critical passage. First John 5, 11 through 13. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who has a son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. Verse 11 and 12. Verses 11 and 12 are some of the greatest verses in the scripture on eternal security. You believe this passage with all of your heart, mind, and soul, it will usher in eternal, uh, 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 it will usher in assurance of salvation for you who are struggling. You believe these two verses, it will usher in the assurance of salvation. Uh, these are some of the greatest verses in the scripture on eternal security of the believer. And when embraced, will remove one's doubt about the assurance of salvation. Not only is Jesus life, he is the author of physical and spiritual life. I mean, Jesus Christ created us physically. Amen. Uh, out, of, out of dust, he created us. He's the author of life and he's the author of spiritual life. We are spiritual life because of God sending his one and only beloved son who alone is able to give us spiritual life. Unless we believe that God gave the precious gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him alone as our savior, we are spiritually dead. I say it again. Unless we believe that God gave the precious gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him alone as our personal savior, we are spiritually dead and without spiritual life and headed to a Christless eternity. Verse 12 says, he who has the son has what? Life. He who does not have the son, what? Does not have life. You see, there is no spiritual life apart from Christ. You cannot be saved through your baptism. You can go in a, a dry sinner, come out a wet sinner. You know, you have to be born again. Then because of the born again experience, you are identified with the body of Christ through baptism. You cannot come to Christ through your denomination. 
Well, I've been Baptist all my life. I've been non-denomination all my life. I've been Methodist. I've been Presbyterian. And that my mama was a Presbyterian. My daddy was a diehard Methodist. And I'm going to die Methodist. You can die a Methodist and bust hell wide open. It is not your... Some of y'all, you, you've been in denominationalism so long that you think that there are going to be denominations in heaven. That's a... That, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going over to the non-denominational department, and over here, that's the Baptist department. Over here, the Pentecostal department. I want, where's my tamarind in, 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 so I can jump and shout and speak in tongues? Oh, where's the speaking in tongues section over here? You know? You, we, we glorify denomination. You don't come to Christ because of church membership. Now, you ought to belong to the church, and you ought to love the church enough to be a part of it because the church it's the body of Christ of which Jesus Christ is the great head. We are the bride of Christ. And God expects us to be a part of his church. That's not an optional. And we need to submit to the authority of the church. We ought to submit to church leadership, the governance of the church. And we are not create problems in the church. We ought to be peacemakers and promoters of unity in the church. And we ought to be excited about the potential of serving Christ in the church in these latter day times. Some people can be so content being at home. Well, I enjoyed live stream. Oh, that preacher blessed me. But who are you blessing? That's it. How are you going to usher at home? Hmm? Hmm? How are you going to work a camera from your house? How, how are you going to teach vacation Bible school from your house? Huh? Huh? I mean, just, just think about how are you going to be a greeter uh, at home? You going to greet your family? You, and I can go on and on. Who's going to count the funds? You want it all shipped to your house so you can count? I don't think so. <laughs> well, I think we might become short. So. <laughs> okay. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. Some have become so comfortable being away, they don't intend to come back. It's amazing how the virus has brought the best out of some and the worst out of others. I ain't taking it back, huh? The, the best out of some, the worst out of others. And they say, well, they're going to wait on you. I'm not waiting on you. Now, I'm not being mean, but I can't wait on you. How do I know if you're coming back? I mean, too many folk dying and going to hell for me to sit and wait and hope that you come back. I need to work with those I have here. Y'all say, that's a crazy preaching preacher. But only the truth going to set you free. I can't wait on you. I mean, folk are dying. Folk have cancer. Folk have arthritis. Folk have diabetes. Folk have mental illness. Folk are in a hot mess. And I'm going to just say, oh, sister so-and-so, I haven't seen her since 2020. Hold her position. She might come back. That's why y'all here. Get ready. I'm going to do some appointments. Pastoral appointments. 
Here comes another ministry affair, ministry fairs. So you can be a part. Where are the laborers? If you say you're saved, then where's your work? Where's, where's the fruit to validate your servanthood? Church membership. You don't come to Christ through rituals. You don't come through tradition. Well, Lizzie, don't move that pulpit. Don't move that table. Don't touch this. Don't touch that tradition. We never done it that way before. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong as long as it's, if we're not doing something unbiblical. Unbiblical. Now, if we can look in the Bible and say it's unbiblical and then we do it, then I got a problem. Being a good moral person can't save you. There are going to be some people that never cussed in hell. Think about that. There's going to be the people that never smoked, that never drank, never did anything, never slapped a person, never been in a physical fight. It's going to be in hell because those things don't keep you out of hell. It is your relationship with the Lord alone that keeps you out of hell. You must have Jesus, the son of God, living in your soul to have spiritual life. You say, what is salvation? What is salvation? Don't you ask me what is salvation? Salvation is the life of God living in the soul of humanity. Do you have the life of God living in you? Verse 13, these things. Look at the two words there. I'm going to preach straight down the book. These things. What is that? Refers to all of John's letters. I don't believe it just refers to 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. I believe it also refers to the Gospel of John. It refers to all the whole of John's letters which are included in the canon of Scripture. They must be believed. We must believe the Bible. You will be shaky. The things in this nation will wipe you out if you don't believe what the Bible says. You in trouble. Oh, God, help me. You are in big time trouble if you don't believe what this book says. And hold on, on to it. You say, what must I believe about this book? You must believe that this book is divine in origin. A divine revelation from God. You must believe that this book has the prophecies of Christ. You must believe that this book has within it the messages of the birth of Christ. You must believe that this book has the life of Christ. You must believe that this book has the words of Christ. You must believe that this book has the works of Christ. You must believe in this book, the death of Christ. You must believe in this Bible, the burial of Christ. You must believe in this Bible, the resurrection of Christ. And you must believe in this Bible, the return of Christ. It's all about Christ. This book was written to introduce you to holy God. It is impossible to be saved according from believing 
the testimony of Christ written in the scripture. How you know? Because of verse 13, which also says these things are written. Look, that we may know that we have eternal life because we believe on the name of the son of God. When we believe what is written about Christ in scripture, it gives us the assurance of our salvation. When we believe what is written about Christ in the Bible gives us the what? The assurance of our salvation. Again, verse 12 says, he who has the son has what? He who has the son has what? What kind of life? Yeah, eternal life, spiritual life. He who does not have the son of God, who is the son of God? Jesus does not have life. Is that plain? Listen, this is as clear and exclusive as you can get when it comes to possessing assurance of salvation. This is as clear and exclusive as you can get when it comes to possessing salvation. Now, let me close on this one. You say, oh, he's going to close. No, not yet. It's going to be one, two, three. Okay. What is the evidence of genuine salvation? I'm I'm, going to give you a little evaluation of questions or comments uh, to see whether you're saved or not. Okay. Because I don't want you to be misled and I don't want you to be deceived. I want you to know without a doubt that you're saved without a doubt. So hold on and begin to write these things down so you will never doubt your salvation. What is the evidence of genuine salvation? Number one, abiding in Christ give evidence of genuine salvation. Abiding in Christ give evidence of genuine salvation. First John 2, 6 says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. You said to abide in Christ, what does that mean? To abide in Christ means to remain in Christ. It means to continue in Christ throughout your life journey. You abide in Christ until God calls you home. No matter the difficulties in life, no matter the persecution, no, no, no matter the trials of life, you keep, you remain steadfast in Christ. Abiding in Christ gives evidence of salvation. Number two, we give evidence of genuine salvation when we practice righteousness. When we practice righteousness. First John 2.29 says, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practice righteousness is born of him. To practice righteousness means to implement the word of God. It, it is, to practice righteousness is to live righteously. To live righteously. Uh, to, to practice righteousness is to live out your faith to the glory of God. To practice righteousness is to put the word of God into action. You don't just let it be dormant in your life, um, which validates that you have a genuine salvation. Number three, we give evidence of genuine salvation when we do not practice sin. We give evidence of, salva- of our salvation when we do not practice sin. First John 3, 9 says, whoever has been born of God does not sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now listen closely. This verse is not saying that when you become saved, you will not sin. Now you know that's not true because all of you have sinned since you've been saved. Perhaps even since you've been sitting in this service. 
I, I wish he stopped because he's preaching too long. That's sin. You, you just sin. I, I got you just sin. Oh, you just sin. Yeah. Oh yeah, you sin. You you sin. <laughs> is not saying that when you become saved you will not sin but as you mature in Christ there will be a decreasing sin factor in the believing life. As you grow in Christ the the sin presence in your life is decreasing, decreasing, decreasing decreasing. It's so low until you have to look hard to find it because you're almost to heaven. (laughs) Born believers do not love sin and neither do they deliberately and habitually continue to practice sin because they are children of God who possess the Holy Spirit who is the restrainer of sin within you if you don't have the Holy Spirit you're not saved because we're saved by the Spirit huh the Holy Spirit is a part of a salvific process you saved by the Spirit. And, and the Spirit who lives in you restrains sin in your life. Restrains the thought life. I mean, stuff that comes in your mind, the Holy Spirit begins to punch it out. Because you say, Holy Spirit, it's time for you to go to work. I can't take this. Now don't blow on there. Kick it out, Holy Spirit. Kick it out, Word. That's right. That's right. You cussing, it restrains your cussing. You might want to cuss, but you won't. The Holy Spirit won't let you die. You just, every time you feel that cussing, you just, you young, 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 you. You. Is he in you? Where is he? Now, now, a lot, now, a whole lot of you got the Holy Spirit. Oh, y'all looking at you. <laughs> a, whole lot of, yeah, a whole lot of y'all have the Holy Spirit, but he's not at home, and he don't feel comfortable living in God's temple. <laughs> you say, what you talking about? Okay. I invite, you invite me to your house. I'm not calling that. I wish I could make a call the name and you wouldn't mind me calling your name. And uh, I think I got to have a person I got a good relationship with. Larry Smith, can I just pick on you a little bit? You don't mind because, you know, I love you. you know. So I'm invited to Larry Smith. I've eaten in his home a number of times. So. And I get to his house, nice home and everything. And he said, here's the keys to the house, Pastor. I'm going away. You can just have at it. Enjoy the house. Okay, they gone. Him and his wife is gone. And uh, I try to go to the freezer, but it's locked. (laughs) I try to go to the pool room, and it's locked. I try to go to the pantry because I want some chips. It's kind of late. I want to munch on some no good stuff. But the pantry is locked. And all that is open is my bedroom, the living room, and the refrigerator. Am I living in his house? Yeah, I am living in his house. I'm in his house. 
I'm in his house now. I'm in his house. I can at least go to bed and sit in the on the couch, and I can go to the, I can go to the restroom. You know, he, thank God that's not locked. That'd be a real problem. <laughs> I'm living in his house, but I'm not at home in his house. I don't have, I'm not comfortable in his house, and I'm grieved in his house, and I can't wait to leave his house. (laughs) And that's the way the Holy Spirit is in many of your lives. He's in you, but he's not at home abiding freely in the temple of God. Amen. (laughs) Next, next. We, we give evidence of genuine salvation by our love for one another. We give evidence of genuine salvation by our love for one another. First John 3.14 says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brethren abides in death. You, you, you don't love, uh, you, you don't, you don't, you don't love folk. Then that's not you abiding in death. I, I, oh, we had packed out place in Bible study. Oh, we had a time with the attributes of God. And I asked the question, I said, how many of y'all prayed for that man that killed all those folk up in, up in Buffalo? I, I was amazed. A number of hands went up. Not all the hands. Is it possible that you be so angry at people? What he did was hellish. It was bad. It was sinful. It was evil. It was of the devil. But are we exempt from praying for him? Okay. What about praying for his mama and his daddy? How do you think they feel? What about his siblings? What about his grandparents? What about his third grade teacher? What about maybe if he played ball? What about his coach? You see, sometimes we can be so startled and uh, it's bad. We don't condone it. It is terrible. But that man needs prayer. And I don't ever want to sit in judgment and say he deserved to go to hell. I'm going to say something cold now. All of us in here deserve to go to hell. The Bible says there's not, your sin may not be his sin and his sin may not be your sin, but sin will still send you to what? Hell! Hell! If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.